You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled The Jews. Hello my radio friends, it's good to be with you for another program in the series Give Me the Bible. I hope you've been well and that you realise despite the ups and downs of life that God loves you very much. Have you ever wondered why there always seems to be trouble in the Middle East? You'll get some answers to this question in today's program. Today we'll consider the Jews, or as they were once called, the Israelites. The Bible gives a broad outline of the history of this remarkable race of people, who were especially chosen by God to be his messengers. It is obvious that God has blessed the Jews, as they are still around today, unlike many other nations that have disappeared from the face of the earth. In these modern times, have you ever met somebody who claims to be a Moabite or an Amalekite, a Gibeonite, a Canaanite or a Perizzite? No, these people groups have disappeared, although at one time they were nations of people just as were the Jews. So what happened so that the Jews still exist while these and many other more other nations have disappeared. The only plausible answer is that the Jews were blessed by God. So why did God select this group of people above any others? The most probable answer is that the Jews descended through a line of people who were faithful to God. In Genesis chapter 5 is a record of the descendants of Adam, the first man. The Bible traces the line of the faithful ones. Those who were not faithful are usually not included in this record. First there was Adam, then one of his sons, Seth, then Enosh, then Canaan, Mahalel, then Jared, then Enoch, Methuselah, then Lamech, then Noah. It was during the lifetime of Noah that God caused a great worldwide flood that wiped out everyone except Noah and his wife and their three sons and their wives. So how could a God who is love destroy practically all life on the planet he created in the first place? It was because of sin. We told in Genesis 6 and verses 11 and 12, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all people had corrupted their way upon the earth. How difficult it must have been for God to see how his beautiful creation, including man, the pinnacle of creation, 
was so corrupted by sin. God hates sin. Sin cannot exist in the presence of God. And here was a whole planet spoiled by sin and getting worse. God chose to try to remedy the situation by making a fresh start through Noah, who was a righteous man. After the great worldwide flood, the earth was gradually repopulated. And like before, there is a genealogy of those who were faithful to God coming down through the line of one of Noah's three sons, Shem. You can read this for yourself in Genesis chapter 11. The genealogy ends up with Abram. Abram was a good man and he chose to honour and serve God, and God rewarded him for this. God blessed him, and Abram was wealthy and had many in his household, except for a long time he had no children of his own, as his wife Sarai was barren and was unable to have children. Sarai's name was later changed to Sarah, and Abram's name was changed to Abraham. Despite the fact that God had previously told Abraham he would have a child, Sarah remained barren. In desperation, Sarah urged her husband to have intercourse with one of Sarah's handmaids, Hagar, in order to have a child. This happened, and Ishmael was born. Later, while when both Abraham and Sarah were quite old, a baby, Isaac, was born to them. Later, Isaac had twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob, like his father and grandfather, honoured God in his life, and had twelve sons. Jacob was given another name, Israel. Israel was considered the beginning of the Israelites, although most Jews are happy to trace their ancestral line back to Abraham. The two recorded genealogies of Jesus trace the ancestors. You can read these from Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4. There are some differences, as in some cases a grandfather or even a great-grandfather is recorded as father. Luke's version goes back to Adam, while Matthew's version goes back to Abraham. But how come the Israelites are called Jews? The term Jew originates with one of Jacob's sons, Judah. His tribe became one of the most notable ones. And although wrongly termed, all the Israelites, whether they were from the tribe of Judah or not, are called Jews. I mentioned earlier that God chose this particular group of people and blessed them. But why? Simply this. God wanted these people to be a witness to other nations, a witness about who God was 
and a witness about the loving, forgiving nature of God. God gave the Israelites a set of moral rules, the Ten Commandments, the foundation for a secure and harmonious society, besides other useful rules for a happy, holy and healthy life. God showed the Jews how the sin problem would be dealt with, and as other nations round about could see the happy, prosperous, healthy Israelites, it should have been a witness how the other nations could receive the same benefits by honouring and obeying the ruler of the universe, God. Down through the ages the Jews, by and large, failed to do what they were supposed to and ended up abandoning God and taking on the beliefs and practices of the surrounding pagan nations. Despite all this, God sent messengers, the prophets, to the Jews, warning them of their errors and calling them back to serve him. So, for a period of about 1,500 years, God persisted with his special people until at last he had to abandon them and give the opportunity to another group of people, Christians, to represent him. I've shared with you in a previous program about how Jesus announced to the Jews that their house would be left to them desolate and how the kingdom of God will be taken away from them. You can read these texts in Matthew 23 and Matthew chapter 21. There are many people today who cling to the idea that the Jews are still God's chosen nation and that God is especially blessing them. That idea is false. Yes, Jews can be saved but only the same way as anyone else. Romans 10.13 clearly tells us that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then there is this reminder in verse 12. There is no difference between Jews and Greeks. The same God is Lord of all and responds to anyone who calls on him for help. The problem with the Jews is that they thought they could earn their way to salvation by works, by keeping God's holy law. Yes, we should keep the Ten Commandments, but they cannot save us. Romans 10.4 makes this abundantly clear where it says, Christ's sacrifice should make it evident that law-keeping is not a means of salvation. Righteousness comes from Christ, not from law-keeping. The Jews are still God's special people lobby, have had to ignore a lot of scripture to maintain their position. They have applied the idea that God would be with the Jews to future times instead of to the time when the Jews are the punishment from God would return to their homelands from exile in Babylon. That time has long gone. It's now history. The Jews are still God's special people lobby 
have also had to ignore some of the parables told by Jesus that specifically applied to the Jews. There were probably at least six parables Jesus told to wake the Jews up to their real, unsaved condition. In many of these situations, the Jews recognised what and who Jesus was talking about. But instead of changing their ways, all they could think about was getting rid of Jesus. The parable recorded in Matthew 22 is directed at the Jews, but also has other applications. It says, The kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more of his servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. The invited guests were the Jews, but they rejected the offer of salvation through Jesus Christ because they thought they could get eternal life by firstly being Jews and secondly by following the empty traditions and practices they had built up over time. The later guests whom the servants collected from the streets are the non-Jews, you and me for example but are those who were willing to accept the king's later invitation. We'll stop for a moment and we'll go on and I'll talk to you about the Messianic Jews.
the Jews, except those who are known as the Messianic Jews, to this day have rejected Jesus as their Saviour. They are still waiting for the Deliverer to come, but they've missed the boat. Jesus was and is the Deliverer. It is he who offers his righteousness in place of our sinfulness and delivers us from the consequences of our sins. There is no advantage in being a Jew. But why are the peoples of the Middle East always in such a turmoil is a question that's been asked by many people. At the very depth of the Middle East problem is that two main ethnic groups claim supremacy going right back to the patriarch Abraham. The Arab peoples are descended from Ishmael, the son of Abraham, through Sarah's servant Hagar. Muslims claim Ishmael as the child of promise and that the covenant of blessing made by God to Abraham would be fulfilled through Ishmael and his offspring. Islam is closely associated with the Arab peoples. Of Ishmael, the Bible says in Genesis 16:12, He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Ishmael did receive God's blessings, but he was not the legitimate child God had promised to Abraham and Sarah. In her later years, when Sarah was past her childbearing days, a miracle child was born to Abraham and Sarah. His name was Isaac, and he was the child of promise. The Israelites, that is, the Jews, descended through him. So there has always been a competitive jealousy between the descendants of Ishmael, the Arabs, and the descendants of Isaac, the Jews, and it continues even to the present time. It appears that the wild, uncontrolled nature of Ishmael has continued through his descendants, and there are many unprovoked incidents initiated by the descendants of Ishmael and consequent retaliations by the Jews. Then there is another aspect as to why these two groups have been at loggerheads with each other for so long. You see, no one is prepared to forgive. No one is prepared to say sorry. It reminds me of an epitaph on the gravestone of someone known as Jonathan Gray, which reads, here lies the body of Jonathan Gray, who died maintaining his right of way. He was right as he sped along, but he's just as dead as if he'd been wrong. If someone 
is prepared to back down to say sorry, the two sides could have made peace, but it hasn't happened. And so the tension continues. Peace missions and political manoeuvring will not fix the Middle East problem. Only the return of Jesus will bring peace. Now to summarise today, here are the main points. Firstly, the Jews were once God's special people. Secondly, they were chosen by God to be his ambassadors to the surrounding nations. Thirdly, they failed in their mission and took on the values, practices and beliefs of the neighbouring nations and ignored God. Also, they were punished and were forced to leave their homeland but were later allowed to return. Also, the Jews set up many rigorous rules and expected the reward of salvation because they were obedient to all those rules and regulations. And also the Jews failed to acknowledge Jesus as their Saviour, their Messiah, and the special privileges were taken from them and given to those who would obey God. The Jews can be saved, but only on the same conditions as anyone else. And finally, God raised up another group, Christians, to be God's witnesses to the people of this sick and dying world. The history of the Jews is quite sad. Once they were God's chosen people, and through their failure to obey and to be faithful to God, as a nation, they have been rejected. The Apostle Paul notes in Romans 10.21, But concerning Israel, God says, All day long I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. He was referring to the Jews. In all this, there is a lesson that everyone can learn. If you continually turn your back on God's offer of salvation, who can help you? If you give your life to the Lord and accept his beautiful offer of salvation and then later turn away from him, you're no better off than someone who couldn't care less about God. When you make a decision to serve God, it must be a decision for the rest of your life. There will be no reward for anyone who starts the race but doesn't finish it. Finish it. If you commit yourself to God, you must continue on. No, I realise you may make mistakes, but you must press on toward the goal. There can be no turning back. To this end, I pray for you. Hang in there. It'll be worth it if you do. So that's it for today. Until next time, I wish you strength of purpose and God's richest blessings. Just remember, Jesus wants you to be with him in heaven. 
sing. 